this is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. What up, TCOS listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories, where my guests discuss the inner details of their personal journeys. Before we start, shout out to Classic Studios, a local studio geared towards providing opportunities for those eager to enhance their recording experiences. For more information, contact 706-504-9128, 706-504-9128. Trust me, you will not be disappointed with the quality of service and product. On this episode, we have Mrs. Rodrika Bailey-Scott of Bailey's Bales Vacation Rental Cleaning Services. Mrs. Rodrika Bailey-Scott takes great pride in superb customer service and pristine quality. Check it out. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. This is Calvin Pinwell Jr. Um, today, I actually have a guest that actually reached out to me recently, and um, she's actually one of the few that actually informed me in the past two years that you had a story to tell. Like I usually. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, that surprised me. I was like, okay, what did I do? Okay, good. Yeah. So I usually um, meet someone, maybe a friend, somebody that I've known, mm-hmm. or just somebody randomly, and I within five minutes just talking to them, like this person has something to to tell that I'd be interested to hear, and I'm pretty certain other people would as well. Right. Um, but recently like i said you were probably on the second person that said yo i would love to be on there and it's i'm just learning how some people a lot of people are uncomfortable sharing their stories it it really takes a lot because when you tell your story you're ultimately vulnerable yeah so you know you're just putting yourself out there and putting yourself out there is really hard but it's necessary because somebody needs that and so as much as it is scary and hard to do you just gotta remember that somebody out there needed just as much as you so yeah it makes it worth it yeah and again thank you for your time uh person i'm speaking to is rodrika bailey scott yes, yes and um um first of all are you where are you from um i'm from augusta georgia mm-hmm. um actually was born in atlanta lived there till I was about seven years old um mm-hmm. and then moved to augusta my dad's in the military okay and um so we lived here while he was stationed at Fort Gordon. And I moved to Savannah in 2010 to go to college, and that's where I've been since I graduated. Savannah State? No, actually Armstrong Atlantic State University. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I was just thinking earlier, literally yesterday, that I used to get upset when people would ask me if I went to state mm-hmm. over Armstrong. And now that I've kind of matured a lot, I wish it was state, even though I love my Armstrong Go Pirates. Yeah. But I, I see, I understand so much more now about HBCUs. So mm-hmm. my heart kind of goes out, and so I wish I could say yes, I went to the SSU. 
yeah. like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I didn't know um, HBCUs existed until my sister went. Oh, she went okay. to Voorhees. I'm glad that I'm not alone because even even though I I went to Savannah often, I have family there. My grandparents were there, mm-hmm. and um, I saw Savannah State all the time and. I saw pain, but I yeah. still didn't put it together that it was an HBCU. Even when I went to college, um, and I got scholarships and got accepted into um, Benedict and Payne, mm-hmm. it still wasn't registering to me. This is a historically black college. This has history. It wasn't registering to me. I yeah. just knew that Armstrong was that school that I went by in Savannah when we would drive and it just looked so beautiful and mm-hmm. I just always dreamed of going there so I was like I'm going <laughs> <laughs> so no this is Savannah State but my heart was with Armstrong so I couldn't even see anything else yeah so what would you say are the benefits of attending an HBCU versus a regular university I think that it would have been home more mm-hmm. you know or even something that Gosh, yeah. when you when you're on an interview, you have to look back at your young <laughs> self and like. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I think going to HBC, I, I didn't want to say I went to Savannah State because I wanted something different. I went to a middle school that mostly had black kids, and then I went to a school. I graduated from Cross Creek High School, which most people think is a lot of white people, but it isn't. It is mm-hmm. kind of really half and half, or maybe more so the other way but I just wanted to be different I didn't want to be surrounded by I'm surrounded by all of us in my family I didn't want to be just uh, confined to that that's what I saw it as as a a young girl I saw it as being confined to just what I am and I didn't want that so I felt like going to Armstrong would give me something different Mm -hmm. and at Armstrong it was hard because you were different (laughs) so it didn't make any sense why you would want to go somewhere that was different where you could have went somewhere we just you know kind of fit in but it was good because there I really found myself I wouldn't have found who I was at an HBCU I can honestly say that because it would have been so home and I probably would have been comfortable with being what the masses was versus at Armstrong I had to be who I was Mm -hmm. to be somebody there you know what I'm saying and a lot of things that didn't um, include me I had to make it be included or or it was programs there Um, our SGA was very strong Um, um, we would have GSA Gay Straight Alliance I actually was the president of Feminist United Mm we had a lot of NAACP, um, Black Caucus things, so there were things going on, but if you were just a student out there who wasn't involved, you would get lost in the mix and not getting the resources that you probably would have gotten had you went to HBCU, where there are professors that look like you, where yeah. the people who actually know your little everyday struggles and will be able to relate with you or empathize with you rather than just sympathize because someone can sympathize and say well I'm gonna let you take this test next week but someone can empathize and because they have been through that and say take a breather what do you need to talk about it's it's more than just this test you know what I'm saying yeah that would have been beneficial but I found what I needed in Armstrong for sure yeah there's something you said um finding somebody that empathizes with who you are 
uh, first thing I thought about was uh, remember the movie Higher Learning uh-huh. okay. with uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character was telling uh, I think it's Mike not, uh, what's his name Omar Epps his character he was trying to explain to him because Omar Epps had this this um, egotistical mindset like oh I'm just a good athlete this is all I need to make it to college and he was trying to tell him I'm telling you man you really have to change your attitude but Omar Epps couldn't see that at first because he thought that um, um, what's the name was a sellout he thought his professor was a sellout because mm-hmm. he was nicely dressed he articulated himself well right. and he was a, a professor he was you know smoked a pipe yeah. And that, that's just, he wore sweaters. Mm-hmm. Like, man, what, what does this guy know about my right, struggle? but doesn't even know that he can relate. And, and the beautiful thing about that was the moment Omar Epps knew, he knew how he felt. Because at the end, not mm-hmm. trying to spoil the movie for those of y'all who haven't seen it, <laughs> but when he was holding him after um, the entire Banks character got murdered, mm-hmm. he didn't say anything. He just held him. As if to say, I understand. Trust me, young man, I understand. So... When I went to Augusta University, it's weird because I it was it was a mixed crowd, but there were some moments where I did need someone of my demographic, yeah. of a male to to help me help guide me yeah. through that, and I think that would have been a lot easier for me. Yeah, and it helps, like you it, said. It definitely. I listened to an interview. Um, Savannah State has a radio ninety point three in Savannah. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how far it reaches, but it's Savannah State's own radio station, and they interviewed. A professor there that came from um, a PWI, predominantly white institution, and he said that it was a big difference. He said when he came on, he didn't have a secretary who did all of his planning and made his schedule out for him, and all he had to do was show up. He had to do everything at a HBCU, and he wasn't just there to grade papers. He had to be that person because. If you have someone that's coming to you and and they need help on how to get into law school, and no one else in their family has been in law school, yeah, who are you know what I'm saying? Yeah. At a, somewhere else, you may be embarrassed to say that, or that person doesn't even understand if you do open up and tell them that. But at this at this HBCU level, you know you have more of a chance of having that commonality mm-hmm. and. Um, I do feel like I would have had that, but again, I want to say that Armstrong did give me very, very, very beneficial relationships yeah. that really taught me a lot to go a long way. Yeah. For sure. Hello again, TGOS listeners and all local vendors and entrepreneurs. The holidays have come to a close and a new decade has begun. Why not start it off by purchasing 30 to 60 seconds of advertisement on the next episode? If you are indeed interested and require more details, contact me via email at mrpennywell8 at gmail.com. That's M-R-P-E-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L, the number eight at gmail.com. Or find me on Facebook under Calvin Pennywell. Stay cool, stay calm, stay kind. Let's continue to uplift, move forward, and branch out. Love each other, but most importantly, love yourself. And now, back to the episode. It's funny because even at Augusta University, that mm-hmm. like you said, finding yourself at school—that's same place that happened for me. Like that transition, like that was necessary for me to be who I am now. Right. And those trials and tribulations, and thinking back in hindsight, I mean, I know that we have probably have a few moments where you're like, man, I wish it didn't ha- have to happen that right. way. Right. But, but everything happens the way exactly that it, it needs had to, to happen. happen. Yeah. So backing up. I was, what was life for you that led up to that? Like from childhood, you know, through middle school, high school? Um, 
it was a lot that led up to that, but I'm <laughs> thankful for <laughs> everything that led up to it. Yeah. I my mom asked me, "Was this going to be on the radio?" And I'm like, "Oh gosh, that means she wants to listen." So, um, I definitely was a a kid who could play both sides of the fence, mm-hmm. and it's definitely where my son gets it from. Mm-hmm. You know cool on the outside whatever but I'm doing who knows what on the other side and you know in a very young age and I will say that things that happened to me when I was at a younger age is um, different types of assault and those type of things I definitely believe and understand now that kind of led up to the ways that I uh, acted out but um, I started having sex at a very early age um, extremely early age and um at the time, it was just regular to me. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, anytime I see my nieces, I'm like, that's wild <laughs> yeah. out of my brain. But it's life and it happens and it's been happening forever. And mm-hmm. so um, I'll say that I, around the age of 16, I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really hard. It was really hard. I, it was my sophomore year of high school. My freshman year was absolutely perfect. Straight A's. I was making beautiful rank in RTC. Like, I was, like, beautiful. Everyone knew me. You know, it was really good. But, again, you know, things that you're doing in the dark will always come to the light. I believe that firmly. And um, things have to happen to kind of slow you down. And I believe that that happened for that reason. And it was was really tough for me and my family because, again, no one expected it. Yeah. At all. So, <laughs> my dad flipped out, um, kicked me out of the house. Mm. Um, my mom, she was really upset, but she was trying to be, because, I mean, one parent is upset, so she's one, so the other parent has at least have some type of yeah. whatever, but it was just a really tough, tough transitional period, and you kind of, kind of bouncing around for those couple of months. It's still a lot. It's, I haven't talked about it this <laughs> detailed in order in a long yeah. time, so it's a lot to process. But um, it was really a lot, and it happened fast over about two or three months. And my dad, I remember my mom. I was living with my aunt Lisa at that time, and my mom said, "Your dad can call in. He said you can come back home." And, Get your stuff. I'm coming to get you. And I was like, bet. I was so happy. <laughs> and when I went home, my dad hugged me and he cried. And he just hugged me and he told me he was sorry and that he loved me. And it was what I needed. And I understood. And as a parent, as I'm getting older, I understand why he did what he did. You know, the re- it was a reaction. It was a reaction to what I did. And you can't fault anyone for having that reaction. And I thank God that he had the reaction to let me come home and apologize to me, give me that love. That is, a lot of people don't get that. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful to have gotten that. And so, um, you know, I had him. I literally went to school every day until my son was born. Like I told you before the interview started, he I delivered him on Thanksgiving Day. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) literally every day. I went to school pregnant, every class, everything, and I was out for Thanksgiving break and Christmas break with the kids, and in January, I was back at school. That's what's up. 
it wasn't a game to me. It was serious because I knew I had hurt a lot of people and I knew that it was teachers talking about me, kids talking about me. It was really hard. Like I'm thinking about it now. It was really hard. But I knew that I had to redeem myself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, you laughing now or y'all whispering when I walk past now, but we're going to see. And I graduated 17 out of 234 students. Honor student, scholarships, acceptance of multiple colleges. I was going to settle and go to Payne College to stay home, but like I told you before the interview, Armstrong was in my heart since I was a little girl. I took my son and we left. <laughs> so yeah. you got to do what you got to do, and yeah. you can't be afraid to do it. Yeah. And even if it's under the motivation, I got to prove these people wrong, or I got to show whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you need to get through, find it and you'll get through it and it's funny because most people provide you know they apply limitations based on your situation and that's one thing it's like you had a really good support system because obviously you could do that alone oh no definitely not alone and um, I tell a lot of people that you never know who's watching you I had a neighbor who um, he would see me bringing Jaden home sometimes Mm. just struggling with car seat strolling he would reach over the fence and give me like 20 and 50 bucks. Oh, wow. Buy the baby some diapers. Yeah. I had a, a teacher at um, Cross Creek High School, Mr. Rowe. He knew that I was boy crazy. Even <laughs> after I had my kid, I still was boy crazy. And yeah. he was like, you you too smart for this. Calm down. And he would say, here, buy that baby some diapers. <laughs> People think I'm crazy, but I tell them I didn't have to buy those type of things because I really had a support system and I asked for the things that were important when I had a baby shower bring diapers yeah. I don't want no all the extra stuff let's be smart about this yeah. so you know those were just the practical things about me and and about being having my kid in the house with my mother you kind mm-hmm. of I had a lot of older maternal things that I wouldn't have had had I been in the home by myself yeah. And then while I was pregnant, I stayed with my grandma during the summer. And she was really protective over me and made sure I knew what to do. And even when I moved to Savannah, I went and moved with my grandparents um, for a couple of months. And, you know, I, well, I don't, well, I don't know if you have kids, but trying to raise your kids no, in somebody else's house is really hard. So <laughs> after a few months, that didn't last. So yeah. eventually, by, by, by 18... Well, definitely before 19, me and a kid was in an apartment in Savannah, and I was going to school full-time, working a full-time job, and um, my grandmother died. Literally, my freshman year of college, the second semester, she died, and that was devastating to me because she was my best friend, and she was someone that I went to Savannah all the time to go see, and we talked on the phone, and she was the only one who was upset when I got pregnant. Mm. She was the only person. When I got on the phone with her, she said, do you want to marry him? I said, what? <laughs> she said, do you want to marry him? I said, no. She said, well, we're going to take care of this baby. She said, well, a baby ain't the worst thing that you can have. It, uh, yeah. it is be- it's worse things out there that could have killed you or you have to walk around with the rest of your life that's worse than a kid. So we're going to do what we have to do. So she was really my support system that was kind of just snatched from me um, yeah. 
at a time when I really needed her. I mean, I'm in college, working full time, a whole baby in another city from my parents, you know. So it was really a lot. But I just kept my head up. And your kid is kind of your, that was my new motivation. Before, yeah. when I was pregnant, my motivation was to prove everybody wrong and I wasn't, you know, crazy or dumb. I was actually a pretty smart girl. Yeah. And then my motivation became that you have a mouth to feed and you have to show him that you're you going to get this done. You're not the first and you won't be the last. And mm-hmm. I've seen many women before me do it yeah. and make it look effortless, effortlessly. So mm-hmm. if they can do it, I can too. So what motivates you? What wakes you up in the morning? What keeps you up at night? What keeps you going in the midst of your nine to five? Listening to Mrs. Rodrigo Bailey Scott speak on what pushed her forward. It reminds me that when you get to that point where you feel like you can't, you really can. All it takes is uh, some, uh, something to motivate you, something to inspire you, something to provoke the best part of you and listening to Mrs. Rodrika Bailey Scott speak on that concerning her son, concerning her, um, her desire to fulfill her educational requirements reminded me, (laughs) um, that whatever stands in my way, I can overcome it. Yo, no, this sounds cliche as, but whatever, (laughs) yo, continue to listen in to Mrs. Rodrika Bailey Scott. That's cool. I think that's a superpower that moms develop because mom, my mom did that and because um, she did what she had to do that was best for me and my sisters. And in hindsight, as much as we struggled, I was like, yo, I wouldn't take that back for anything in the world because like you said, not only are people watching, like your kids are watching you. And I brought something up years ago to mom. And she just started crying on the phone. I'm like, what's wrong? She said, I didn't know that you were paying attention. <laughs> my mom, I do that to my mom all the time. And because we, we are. We can't help it. Yeah. I mean, because you like the, at the center of our lives. Yes, it's like, you know, at the moment, at the time, you don't think it's important. You think it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. But later on, and you have that flash in your head, you're like, man, I'm glad I was paying attention. I tell my mom, I have a... Um, I have a vacation rental cleaning business in Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. and um, started in 2013, and so I've been running for about five or six years, nice. and um, things were going well, and I never saw that for myself, Yeah. but I told my mom it made so much sense. My mom, she's, uh, she's an instructor at a cosmetology school mm-hmm. now, but before when she was just a master cosmetologist, she had her own salon. And before she had on her own salon, she was managing a salon. Mm. My aunts have own salons, own bake shops. Um, yeah. To another aunt that has um, a tax professional, another that's a credit professional. Like there are women, and sorry, it's just black women in my life who <laughs> rock yeah. out of this world. And I didn't see it then. I mean, I saw it, but I didn't know what I was seeing. And so now when I'm in things, I'm like, it's in my blood, it's, it's natural, it's what I've been seeing all my life, and it makes sense. And it just makes me have so much more respect for my moms and my aunts, like, because they were holding the fort down 
hard big time and it's a lot of us like yeah. now you see everybody they'll have a, a kid two kids but my aunts and my mom they have kids so. <laughs> <laughs> and they hold it down yeah so what brought about your business why did that begin um it actually started out as a favor and that's probably my most favorite thing about it is that my business started as me just being who I am yeah. and um, I have a professor from Armstrong I told you I met some really good people <laughs> she started out as a professor started turned mentor turned mm. friend turned partner and which is everything yeah. I love her so much um, um, like I told you before we began I have my degree in um, gender and women's studies with a minor in African American studies okay. and um, when I went to college, I started out in psychology, mm -hmm. and I always knew I wanted to help people in some type of way, but I didn't know how, and psychology makes sense. You yeah. gotta understand to help. And, yes, that's true. But it was wearing me down. It was so hard. It was tough. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to pick up a, um, a minor to kind of just get something else in my life, maybe take not pay attention so much to psychology, and I picked up gender and women's studies as a minor because I felt like it would go well together you know helping women yeah. as that's always been kind of my thing yeah. so um i took one class one summer and my life was completely turned upside down and everything in my life made sense yeah. <laughs> i was like Psh, oh my gosh everything that i do how i act this and that, all of this what we think how we feel it just blew my mind i took a lot of sociology classes and mm. so it really just blew my mind and i dumped my psychology major and um went full on with my gender women's studies major and yeah. Jane um, Dr. Rago she was the um, professor over it and her and her husband had a vacation rental that they were doing and but they were they're the owners they were cleaning it themselves mm -hmm. and they were going out of town and asked me to cover it while they were gone they would pay me of course yeah. we're college students it was actually me and a friend she, they were like we'll pay you all to cover this while we're gone Thank you so much. No, I've been no feeling it, and I just, oh, <laughs> I just couldn't grab it. Thank you so no, much. No, no problem. So, um, oh, I like our partner here. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so um, they asked us, and it kind of just became came a thing where when they would go out of town, la da da da, da mm. and it was a duplex, and one side was vacation rental, and one side they were renting out um, long term. Yeah. And when it came out for the long term um, lease to be up, they decided to do the other side. And so they asked me would I be interested in, you know, helping out with the other side. And I said, yeah, I'll be interested, but you have to give me every cleaning you have from now on, not just when you're out of town. And they thought about it and came back and said, okay, let's do it. And so a beautiful relationship started. And now with, with Jane and Scott, um, our partner, her husband, Scott, um, now I have six, I service six, six of their properties. Wow. Um, in Savannah and so it's literally been a beautiful thing um, they preferred me to beautiful people as well so I went into I came into 2019 with six properties all of them being by the same owners and now going out I have 12 properties and three different owners and that is I don't wow. yeah I wasn't expecting it first off <laughs> yeah 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 because I'm a type I'm the type of person I want to stay small a lot mm -hmm. of people don't want to stay small but 
staying small means you stay familiar, you stay in the know, you stay personal. And yes, personal yes. means everything to me mm-hmm. because you can't, I don't feel comfortable running a business where I don't know the people. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable profiting off of something where I don't know the three people. And that's just me. And um, I really didn't, I didn't see myself growing. I just saw myself growing with them. Really, I only got the six properties because they kept growing. And I'm like, I'm not going to let them grow without me. So. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't, they didn't want to grow without me. They're like, no, we want you. We only want you. And so um, this year I came in and I told um I told God, I said, well, I'm ready. You know, I know all these years I said, you know, this is all I want, but God, I'm ready. I'm ready for more. I know you said more was comfortable. You said that the things that I wanted, I could have. So I'm telling you now I want more. Yeah. And more just came. And it was absolutely beautiful. (laughs) And I pray that more comes. But I pray that it comes at at a rate that I can manage. But... I'm definitely look. I look forward to the things that he has for me because I literally went from cleaning six properties by myself mostly. Um, like I've been cleaning since 2013, and I didn't bring on my first contractor until 2016. So that was three full years of me busting my tail with double cleanings every day, all day. And still working other jobs because I didn't go full time in my business until 2016. Yeah. I literally would still have two and three other jobs. I do hair. I still do hair. Um, I um, I was working as secretary at a church. I was working at a bookstore. Like I literally had a lot of things going on. But my last job, I was a secretary at a bookstore, and it was. I couldn't believe how I was managing this church, you know, and mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how much the pastor believed in me to manage the church. And yeah. I just, I saw how much I was putting into it, and I said, you have a whole business that you're only giving a little bit to. You need to give all of that to your business so you can run your business like you're running this church, you yeah. know. Not saying my pastor wasn't running the church, but you know what secretaries do. Yeah. They take the orders and they give the orders. Exactly. So, initially, you're running the church. and. I told them I had to leave, and they were sad, but they were, which, and I just self-appointed them my godparents. <laughs> Last week, they married me and my husband. Um, oh, wow. That's cool. Because um, I love them so much. I do the first lady's hair. I, uh, the kids are friends with my son. and um, So they're really supportive and still support me through everything when I went full-time. And now I have four contractors. My husband, he works with me too. I and I do pay him. He doesn't just work because <laughs> I say work. Yeah. <laughs> I do pay him. Yeah. And he asked me, he'll say, when you got me on the schedule, I, I, I want to clean it. <laughs> so, what's your story? Does it involve pain, pleasure, both, or neither? Do you see the message in the mess, the calm in the chaos, the pleasantry in the nightmare? If you feel comfortable sharing your story... Let me know, because someone somewhere needs to hear it. Contact me via social media so we can have some dialogue. The glory in your story isn't just about your freedom, but reminding others they too deserve liberation. I'm here to listen, learn, and apply. Love each other, but most importantly, love yourself. And now, back to the episode.
So that lets you know that I pay my cleaners well. Yeah. And I'm very fair. And it's, I just absolutely love it. And I don't clean as much as I used to, which is a blessing. But even when I do have to clean because someone can't cover it, or I have so many cleaners that I need to work, which is why I do that. Yeah. I love doing it because I love cleaning. Honestly, you sound like a good boss. Oh, thank you so much. Because you're relational. Yes, and a, lot yes. of, a lot of bosses on that, they're so completely disconnected. So, um, but um, going back to when you said, you told God, I want more. And I remember telling him that. And I felt like he was saying, now I can thank you. Now let me do what I... Okay, let thank me, you. Let, yes. me, let me do what... It's like he's just waiting for yeah. you to give it to him. Yeah. And when I decided that I wanted more... You should have seen me trying to find ways to make more. I'm yeah. like, whatever. And then I got so fed up. I got on, I laid down on the ground and I rode around and I told God, I said, everything that you said I would have, give it to me now. I, you're not a God who lied. You're a God of his word. Give it to me now. You said, ask what I'm asking for and I receive it now. And when I did that, I called my mom. I said, mom, you're so sick. <laughs> I, my mom has really given me so many jewels. Like, mm. The power is in your tongue. Like, I can cry thinking about my mom right now. And she probably like, really? You gave me the hardest time. <laughs> <laughs> if they only knew, boy. Yes, I gave her the hardest time out of all the kids, I probably say. I don't know if she'll agree, but I'll be the one that say, I know I gave y'all a headache. But yeah. I'll probably say that they probably enjoy watching me do the things I do because I am the one that gave them the headache yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they enjoy saying that even though she gave us a headache she was the one that was really paying attention to everything we said because <laughs> I really was yeah and um because you're going back to what you just said like God says his word will never come back in void my mom always tells me that, that challenge God to his word because he's the only person that Call him on it. he's the only person that can't deny it and go either he can't go left if this is what he says he is truth so he can't do anything else because uh, if he did he wouldn't be the god that he is yes um but um what are some challenges that you've undergone since you started your business um i'll probably say that maybe the hardest challenge and it's not often because again when you're when you're a really good relatable boss people are like i go to every cleaning it doesn't matter if i'm cleaning it or not i go to every cleaning and i pay my cleaner every cleaning every day i don't wait till the end of the week you clean today i pay you today and when you give people an incentive like that it makes them they're going to work they're going to get it done and make sure it's clean when they know they're going to see you they know they can't skimp on anything because you're going to come by and so I don't have a a really hard um, I have really great retention but finding people to work is tough And because you have people who think they can clean oh I love cleaning or whatever but they don't understand that no, you know how to clean up because my mama told me to get it done and I need to get it done. Not spectacular, don't touch this. Like, I'm looking around here in this um, Barnes and Noble and I want to get down and dust these baseboards. I'm about to lose it because it's, it's hair. It's like, yeah. sorry, listeners, you can't no. see, but I've been looking at these baseboards since we got here. They're dusty. Dust them. Finding someone that understands that, that I'm very particular in what I do, and if you're not particular, then I can't do the things that I do, like pay you ahead of time, because 
owners are, are willing to pay me ahead of the month for yeah. balance because of what I'm going to offer. Yeah. If I'm not offering that, I can't pay. If, if I'm not offering that and giving them that service, they, they're they not going to want to pay me. Exactly. And if they don't want to pay me, I can't pay you the way that I'm paying you. So to make this all effectively, it works out well. But that's literally the only issue I have. I'm extremely blessed. And I think I'm extremely blessed because I have I've had really great bosses. Yeah. Um, that's what really matters. Um, my first boss was actually um, my middle school best friend's mom. Mm. I got the job on my birthday. <laughs> I went to the interview on my birthday, and it was at Fred's. I went to Spring Road. RIP is not there anymore. I don't think, but um, I got my first job there, and. It, she wasn't, she didn't go slide on me because she knew me and I literally was probably going to be at her house that weekend. She didn't She didn't treat me like that. She treated me with respect, but we have a job to do here and we're going to get it done. And um, even other, I don't know. I, and I've just always been a, a leader. Like I told you earlier with RTC, it was a lot to me. I know for sure had I not got pregnant, I would have been the captain, but I would take my four bars with Lieutenant Commander, but it was, it's a, it was, leading people isn't easy because you got to be for the people, and if you're not for the people, the people that you think are for you, they really secretly against you, so you have to really be for the people for them to be for you. If not, then they, they're they fake being for you. And I don't want anybody fake being for me. Yeah. And one thing I'll say about my workers is they're not faking anything. Not even in the slightest. They get the job done. And I know that, like right now, I'm here right now. And Sunday is our biggest checkout day. But I can sit here confidently and calmly and know that everything's going to be fine. Because they're, they, they're some real hustlers. They, they're some superstars. Yeah. I love them. And they make it easy for me to do what I do right now because of them. And you have to remember that it's the people that you work with. You have to keep serving the people. Yeah. No matter what level it's, it's in, you have to serve. And that's one thing I learned is being the secretary of the church. I remember when I first started working there and he told me to answer the phone and say, you know, hello, name of the church. How may I serve you? And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was, I'm like, you're crazy. Like, I was looking at him, like, and I'm, I'm not working at a church, so that should be easy for me to say. But I'm, like, I'm not saying that on the phone. Yeah. So I would kind of go around it to not say serve. And I think he probably kind of caught on and then made me start saying it. And I started getting it and understanding through the job what it meant to serve. I felt like serving was lower than it. Just, but if you can't serve, you can't be a leader. Because a leader is serving the people who follow you. Exactly. And they follow you through serving you. and But you have to keep serving them. And so I try to remember that in everything I do, that it's a service. No matter what it is, it's a service. And when I treat it like that, people react to, to to it really well yeah actually and it's funny because i had to be recently reminded that no matter what we do we're always in a position of service because that's what we're called to do and it's weird because it, sometimes it gets difficult 
to serve people who we feel don't deserve it. But at the same time, we're served by someone that if they were a human being, we wouldn't deserve, we wouldn't deserve it. it. And it's not on us to say who deserves it and who exactly. don't. And it's so hard to do. So hard to do. I think about it, do, do they deserve this from me or whatever? It's not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not, they, it, I mean, it's not for them. It, it's, it's for God. So. Yeah. Serving someone is will serve me in the long run because I just served God and God will serve me. So it's just like that circle that you see in school about the the about um, evaporation. You know how the clouds and the rain come down and everything just goes back up. Yeah. That's just the process. That's literally what it is. You have to give and take, give and take, and service is all give and take. Yeah. So over the last, um, I want to say, a couple of decades, what changes have you noticed internally about yourself that you were like, wow, I didn't know that I've come that far as far as your character and whatnot? Mm, My first thing is I think that maybe I was mean, but I don't think so. I think when I meet people, they say, oh, you were so nice. So I'm not sure. Well, what has changed? I think that parenting has been the most thing that has been the most challenging and changing thing. Everything else has, I can handle everything. I can handle everything. But when it comes to parenting, that is the hardest thing in the world to me. I'm like, I can handle being broke. I can handle trying to figure out how to not be broke. I can figure out relationships, friendships. I can figure all of that out, but parenting has really challenged me so much from beginning to end. The things that I have thought to be in. You have to understand as a parent that you're growing with them too. And you have to. You can't still be the same person. You can't keep being the same person. You have to grow as they grow and when they grow. You, you You have to be firm in who you are. And, and what your rules and I guess maybe consequences are, but kids, it's hard being a kid. And I think about the things that I thought I knew when I was a kid, for sure. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. I know now that was insane. So yeah. I try to put myself most times. Mm-hmm. I try to put myself like my Draco, you know. Remember when your mom was all in your face and you just really want to just take a breath for a second? Get out his face, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, somebody, you know, he's, he's a human, you know? It's, it's so hard to understand that they're little people. Yeah. And you see kids and, you know, and I hate to say it in black culture, but it is, you kids, you just, I, just say you're nothing, but you are, but not yeah. nothing, but Bernie Mac, I hate to say it, Bernie Mac, he's, <laughs> I hate to compare the two, but no, I can't say it, I can't say it. Just go watch Bernie Mac and see what he say about kids. <laughs> but everything he says is true. Yeah. But noticing those things, you just, you have to say, I'm sorry. You have to say, okay, I understand. Or you have to say, man, you know what, that probably is hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As an adult, we forget how hard it was just being a kid trying to fit in not fit in follow your parents rules make good grades make pass this test make your teacher happy make the girls happy make the guys happy you know yeah. and you're just a kid and who doesn't even know how they feel themselves so i think that i've learned that 
I need to be patient. I hate that word. <laughs> patience. I think that that's probably what has changed. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you. I'm glad we talked this out. <laughs> patience. Because I used to be a speeder as well. It's a drive fast. Mm-hmm. I got tired of getting tickets and spending my money on things that I could spend on other things. So yeah. I learned to just slow down. Now I drive on cruise control everywhere I go. It don't matter. <laughs> I could be going right down the street. If it ain't no cars, I put my car on cruise control. Yeah. So... <laughs> I've really just learned to slow down and and see the moment for what it is. Try to learn from that moment, and but not bear on it too long. Yeah. Sometimes we do stick on things for too long. We should just let it pass. Yeah. And it's funny about the idea of staying in the moment. When I walked up to you, I saw that you and your son are almost the same height. So eventually, <laughs> it's been really, it's been really tough this weekend with that. Like I, it's, he must have grown an inch over the week or something. But every time I turn around, I'm seeing the back of his head. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's stressful. And I remember when Mom first started hugging me, and she started hugging, having to hug my waist, and I was like, oh wow, yeah. Because uh, you and her may be the same height. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and oh, it's, wow. And I That's was, something to think about. I was like, goodness. And But the funny thing is, no matter how tall I've gotten, mom has always, it's just such high honor for her. Like, I don't, like I, it's just nothing but I, respect. Listen, I I pray every day that it's like that. Because if my husband tells me, he say, Rodrigo, stop worrying. Stop worrying. I, I promise you, you're... You're doing the right things. You've been a great mom. My husband's been in my life for the past. Um, he's been in our life since Jaden was about seven or eight years old. And so he'll be 11 on Wednesday. And um, so he's been here for a while. And But he tells me, he said, you're, you're a great mom. You're just going through the things that we're just going through the phases of kids. And so yeah. stop being so hard on yourself. But my brother, he's probably 6'2", and my mom is maybe an inch or two taller than me, but she would check him. Yeah. I've seen her check him, and there ain't nothing the look can't do, and yeah. so I aspire to that, but I don't know. <laughs> he gives me a run for my money. <laughs> yeah, because mom, mom did that recently to me, and I was like, and I, and I told her, I said, I felt like I was five. I haven't been five in a long time, <laughs> but yes. I felt like a kid, but only mom's parents know how to set that tone and you like you know what I may be an adult but I still respect you mm-hmm. um, for the sake of time I'm going to ask you just one, more, one last yeah. question um, it takes longer than you think considering everything that you've told me everything you've shared I know it's not everything but considering your life what you've been through your experiences that you've had um, not just with yourself with other people what would you say is the glory in your story um the glory in my story is actually um, something that you say on your on your podcast when it's coming on, and it's redemption. I definitely not trying to say that because you did, but when I think of redemption, you can come back from anything. Yeah. And to to really know and have been through being able to come back from anything, it's just it lets you know that anything is possible. Because when you people say that, well, the only way up is when you rock bottom, the only way left is up. And it's so true. And so 
I never get upset or or hurt when I'm down or too long or anything like that because I know I can come back up and when you know that you can come back up it's something different about when you go through something you might be hurt at first the first time around or when you're just thinking about it but once you're just like you know remember that time when you didn't think you was gonna get through it but now you can look back and say remember that time yeah the time that you're in now guess what you'll be able to say remember that time (laughs) and so i walk with that knowing that whatever obstacle i'm facing i'll be able to say remember that time yeah so redemption is just beautiful because you can come back from anything as long as you want to that's true and you got and again you have to be willing you have the desire once you have to choose yeah you have to choose it you have to choose it just like you choose to go to work every day or you choose to just open your eyes you have to choose wanting more choose doing more choose being more every day yeah that's the only way to be more exactly um, but Rodrigo, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who are listening, this is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories uh, with Mrs. Rodrigo Bailey Scott. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. <laughs>